0: As we prepare for our scripture lesson this morning, uh, it's important for us to take just a minute to acknowledge what day this is. Um, It's a day for trick-or-treating, but also uh, here as we gather for worship, it's a day that we're going to celebrate Reformation Sunday. We celebrate part of our heritage uh, being a part of this Protestant Reformation. We celebrate what it means for us to be Presbyterians. And it's also a day that uh, we're going to observe All Saints Day. We're going to remember uh, the the members of our congregation who have died in this past year. We will uh, give thanks to God for them by name. This is a day where we we spend time remembering lots of things. And so uh, as we do so, it's uh, kind of wonderful that we ended up with Joshua today. So we'll be reading a a passage from Joshua chapter 4 that talks a little bit about uh, remembering the blessings of the past. So as we turn to God's word, let's take a moment to go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks for this place and for this time. We thank you for the gift of your word. We ask as we turn to scripture this day that you would be here with us. That the same spirit who inspired the writing of these words so many years ago would inspire our hearing this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Joshua 4, verses 1 to 9. Listen to the word of God. When the entire nation had finished crossing over the Jordan, The Lord said to Joshua, select 12 men from the people, one from each tribe, and command them, take 12 stones from here, out of the middle of the Jordan, from the place where the priests' feet stood, carry them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you camp tonight. Then Joshua summoned the 12 men from the Israelites, whom he had appointed, one from each tribe. Joshua said to them, pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan." And each of you take up a stone on his shoulder, one for each of the tribes of the Israelites, so that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off in front of the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the Israelites a memorial forever. The Israelites did as Joshua commanded. They took up 12 stones out of the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites. As the Lord told Joshua, Carried them over with them to the place where they camped and laid them down there. Joshua set up 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant had stood. And they are there to this day. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, as the echoes of your words still hang in the air, we ask that you would help them to find their way into our ears, into our minds, into our hearts, and into our lives. That we might come to know who you are and who you are calling us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When your children ask, what do those stones mean? Then you shall tell them. Now this is the perfect passage for us to read today. this, This passage about remembering the blessings of the past. It's uh, so wonderful that we happen to be on Joshua as we celebrate Reformation Sunday and as we observe All Saints Day. This passage is a passage that I think has something uh, very important for us right now as we celebrate this day. It's a passage about, about remembering. It's a passage about retelling. And I think that makes it a passage that has both Both an encouragement for us and a challenge. And to understand either, we we have to first take a look at the story itself. Uh, This is a story that that comes at a pivotal moment for the Israelites. They've been uh, in in the the wilderness trying to find their home. As Mike talked to us uh, last week, they found themselves spending a lot of time uh, wandering and a lot of time wondering. And they weren't sure exactly how they would get to this new land. But in this morning's passage, they finally made it. They cross over the river into their new home, which means uh, this is a turning point in their story. Uh, The people of God are no longer searching for home. Now they're searching for a way to live in their new home. They've spent uh, so many years in in transition and in change. They had to to change the the way that they lived. They had to change the way they interacted. They had to change the times and places that they worshipped. They went through a a major leadership change and the, the changes weren't over yet. There were challenges still to come. But this is a moment where everything begins to pivot away from wandering in the wilderness and towards establishing their new home. And in the midst of this moment, as God leads them across another body of water, as God leads them across the river, uh, God commands Joshua to stop and to recognize what's happening. To recognize the blessings that have brought them to this point and the blessing of, of, of God's presence as they walk into this new land. And God commands Joshua to have the people uh, gather 12 stones, one for each tribe, and to take it with them uh, to the place where they will camp. So they, they grab these stones. They, they must have been pretty good size. They, they, they put them over their shoulders to carry them to their camp. And then Joshua grabs 12 more and he puts them in the river. So it's not, not 12. It's really 24 stones they use as a memorial. And these stones help the people remember the blessings of the past. And Joshua gives them a command. When your children ask you what these stones mean, then you shall tell them. You shall remember the blessings And you shall retell the story. Remember and retell. I think this is an encouraging passage for us because we're we're pretty good at part of this. And this this thing about remembering, as Presbyterians, as we celebrate Reformation Sunday, I think it's okay to be a little proud of our tradition. We are really good at remembering. And that's that's what we're doing today. As we celebrate reformation sunday we we remember that 500 years ago martin luther nailed 95 theses to the door of a church to protest a sin-sick system that's a really hard phrase to say i practiced it a lot and it came out all right and martin luther nailed 95 theses to a door to, to protest uh, the sin that he saw in the church We we remember uh, John Calvin who preached the word of God to reform God's church, protesting and reforming the Protestant Reformation. This is our heritage. We remember this today. We celebrate. We we have the, the bagpipes. We used a song written by Martin Luther. We used a prayer written by John Calvin. We remember who we are. We're good at remembering. And as we celebrate All Saints Day, We will remember the people from our own congregation who have died this year. We will call them by name and we will give thanks to God for their lives and and their part in our lives. We remember. As Presbyterians, we are very good at this. This is why we do things decently and in order because we want to be able to take minutes at every meeting so we can remember. We make records and I can prove it. We make records, and the people who've gone before us have made the records, I know, because I'm looking at one right now. So in just a moment, we're going to do something we don't usually do in worship. It's going to be okay. Don't do it until I tell you. If you're sitting at home, you don't have to do anything. It's going to pop up on the screen for you. We like to make records of the things that are important to us. And we have made a record of Martin Luther and John Calvin, and I'm the only one who can see it. I think choir, I see it even better than you do. It's not in stone. It's in glass, surrounded by stone. Turn around and look at the window at the back of our sanctuary. Right in the center of the center window, we have two figures. If you've got your glasses on, you may see one who's got a hammer nailing something to a door. That's Martin Luther. Nailing his theses to the door of the church. Next to him is a man who's preaching, reforming the church. That's John Calvin. We are good at remembering, we make records, we remember who we are and where we've come from. Okay, time's up. You have to look at me again. (laughs) I encourage you to spend some time looking at that window, looking at Martin Luther, looking at John Calvin. We remember, we make records. We remember our heritage. We remember our history. We remember the people who have gone before us and the ways that God has blessed us in the past. This passage is so encouraging because God commands the people to remember and we are good at remembering. This is natural to us. This is part of who we are. This is an encouraging part of the passage. But it's only one part of the passage. There is... There's actually a second half to this command. They're, they're to take the stones to remember and to retell the story. This is the challenging part for us. As Presbyterians, we're really good at remembering, but this business about telling people what God is doing in our lives, that doesn't come quite as naturally. Some denominations would call that a testimony. We don't do testimonies as Presbyterians. We would really rather put up another memorial. It's a lot easier for us to write down some minutes than to, than to tell people what God's done in our lives. But, but it, it just doesn't, it doesn't come naturally to us. It feels odd. We don't want to be awkward. We don't want to be offensive. But look at what Joshua commands specifically. Joshua doesn't command the people here to, to talk to total strangers and have an unusual and offensive conversation. Joshua tells the people, have a natural, normal conversation with their family and loved ones. Joshua tells the people to just talk about their faith in normal conversation. There are lots and lots of ways to do this. and Joshua tells the people to, to simply answer questions when they're asked. And people do sometimes ask us those big questions. How did you get where you are? What's made you the person that you are today? What do you see happening in the future? Every once in a while, someone will ask us those big questions. And those are the moments that we are commanded to answer with our faith. To talk about the ways that Jesus Christ has made us the people we are today. To talk about the ways that our faith has shaped us and molded us. To talk about the ways that our church has enabled us to become who we are. We can answer the questions honestly. But those questions don't come very often. I mean, really, those questions are few and far between. Big questions don't come often, but, but big conversations do. We're having lots of big conversations right now over and over and over again. And those big conversations change from time to time. But right now, there are several themes that seem to be recurring in our conversations. And a lot of our conversations, we're talking about about big issues like the fact that people can't get along anymore. It's so hard to cross divides and disagreements. And when you hear that conversation, that's your opportunity. When people say no one seems to get along, no one seems to know how to disagree, that's your moment to say, but I know one place where we do. I know a place where there are people who vote differently from me and who disagree with me, and we love each other anyway. It's at my church We have big conversations about um, economics, about finance, about injustice, about about how many people are out of work and how many people are hungry. And there's your moment to say, yes, times are tough. But I know a place that supports uh, food pantries and soup kitchens and does a fourth Sunday hunger offering. I know a place that sacrifices so that people can eat. It's my church. We're having big conversations right now, and I know... This one's gonna if these the last two didn't touch a nerve, this one's gonna touch a nerve. Be ready. We are having big conversations. I have overheard them about our schools. We're having big conversations about what it means to educate our kids and how we should do so, and that's your opportunity to say that's exactly why my church has a preschool. That's exactly why my church has programs for kids. That's exactly why my church has a youth program. That's exactly why my church works to support youth workers to protect the children in our community. When you have those big conversations, that's your moment to say my church, my faith, my Lord is part of every one of these big conversations. Now that might make you uncomfortable, even having a game plan. So maybe you could, you could scale it back even further. Maybe you, you don't want to wait for the big questions, and you don't want to talk about the big conversations, and that's okay. You can do it in the little conversations too. All the little conversations that we have over and over and over, you can talk about your faith. When your friends say, are you coming over to watch the Steelers game this weekend, you can say, yes, I'll be there right after church. When people say to you, what are you doing for the holidays? You can say, well, on Christmas Eve, I'll be at my church. Or how about, how about the weather, right? We always talk about the weather. This is your opportunity. The next time somebody mentions the weather, you can say, yes, it's getting cold and rainy and the leaves are falling and I love it because that's when we do cleanup days at my church. You can talk about your faith when you talk about the Steelers, when you talk about the holidays, when you talk about the weather. You can talk about your faith when we talk about the schools, when we talk about hunger, and when we talk about division. You can talk about your faith when you explain what God has done in your life. Tell the story. And even still, Even with all these different opportunities to share your faith, you still might be uncomfortable sharing your faith, talking about what God has done in your life. And so if you're not willing to to tell what God has done, then your job is to look around this room, find someone that's in this room, and ask them to tell you. Talk about your faith. It's not an option. It's a command. When Joshua talks to the people, look at the way he says this. When when your children ask you what these stones mean, you shall tell them. Does that sound familiar? Like, you shall not steal. You shall not kill. You shall tell the story of your faith. You shall remember and retell the blessings that God has placed in your life. You shall tell the people around you that Jesus Christ has changed you that Jesus Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again, and that makes all the difference in every single conversation. This passage is perfect for us today. It's a passage about remembering, and it's a passage about retelling. As we remember who we are as part of the Protestant Reformation, as we remember those from our church who have died this past year, Be encouraged that we are good at remembering and be challenged to retell the story. When your children ask, then you shall tell them. Remember and retell. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.